Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 84 of Confessions of a Market Maker. I'm your co-host, Ray, a.k.a. All Day Ray, a.k.a. Wally Balls. And I'm joined here by my endearing co-host, former market maker, 20 years and current day retail trader, a man who's never worried about the outcome, only worried about his income. He's taught you how to think like a villain, the gorilla of House Street, JJ. Hey, brother. How you doing today? Doing good. How are things across the pound? Oh, London is wonderful. Excellent. Love to hear it. And our guest today has been a professional poker player since the early 2000s. President and founder of Blitz Pick, a Web3 sports betting portal, co-host of the NFT Mania show, and he's the best poker playing hip-hop artist out there. That's facts. That's facts. I'm talking about Brett Ritchie. Brett, how's it going, man? Doing great, Ray. Thanks for having me on. Man, love that, love that you came on, man. Um, man, so uh, how's uh, you still you still writing? You still producing? Making any songs at all? Yeah, I got I got some music coming uh, probably this summer. So you know, it's still still in the mix, man. I got a couple of songs written. I mostly just freestyle though. So um, I got some ideas around um, freestyles. And then just slam them up as an NFT and let the ball roll. And slam it up as an NFT, man. I love it, man. Brett, I, I swear, man. And you'll have to tell me, I I could have remembered, like, there's definitely, like, an interview with you freestyling on ESPN. For the life of me, I couldn't find it, though, online. Or am I, is this something I'm imagining? Yeah, no, you're right. There was, um, uh, I think it was the... So, like, I did a song we did on ESPN. They did, like, a video. But then I did... I think it was it was a 25k shootout so it was like if you won your it was a winner take all event almost i made the final table so i did like a freestyle in that interview there and i did one with poker news too at some point um so they're out there if you i, mean, I think i don't know i'm not even sure if that one's on the internet yeah i was trying to find i was trying to find maybe it was the poker news one that i was thinking because i kept trying to type in espn because i remembered and it had been years ago. Yeah, there's it was both. There's like a video on each and a, like a freestyle on each one, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's why it's cool. When I saw this guy, I'm like, OK, poker, poker player likes hip hop. Because, you know, I freestyle around. I mess around. I'm probably not as, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, as serious with it. But, uh, you know, when you're with your boys, you know. Yeah, it's fun, man. Out. I like doing it. It's fun. It's fun. That's 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 been more of um hip hop's been more of a love for you than would you say poker? Yeah, I, I, I like them both. I mean, I really like them both, like, especially poker. I haven't played a ton in the past few years. And so I've been like, um, look, I'm excited for this World Series coming up, you know, and I played last World Series and I haven't played a whole lot in between. So I kind of like, like now that I'm doing other stuff, so I'm not as like grinding poker as a pro. I really liked grinding poker online as a pro. It, like the money was great. The freedom was awesome, you know, like up till 2011 Black Friday. And then since then, um, you know, it was more of a grind. Like I was making less money. It's like you got to travel more. Your hours are worse instead of just doing whatever. So I didn't like it as much. There's a lot of politicking that goes on in the live games, sure. you know, where it's like, I'm not trying to get in everybody's business. You know, I'm just here to gamble kind of thing. So um, mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't like it as much, but I really like, I do like the World Series. I like playing tournaments. Um, yeah. I like, I still like poker a lot. I just I don't play it so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It becomes it kinds of a grind um, after a while. Yeah, and you know since I I uh, you know I still I still play 
frequently ish, but yeah, it's way different. I like, it's more, I'm more juiced up when I go to play now, yeah. where, you know, or maybe, you know, I'll still fire up online once in a while. And it's, um, yeah, yeah it's, good to, it's just good to do it when you want to, as opposed to it's like, all right, fuck, I got to wake up today, put in the hours, but yeah. Yeah, all right. And just from, uh, reminder to the listeners, you guys would like to join JJ, myself, and the support of Community Traders. You can join us at microefutures.com. Brett, um, why don't you just tell the listeners uh, that aren't familiar with yourself just uh, sort of like how you stumbled on to poker and uh, chose us as a career for a little bit. Yeah, so I was in college in the early 2000s, and uh, two, two things kind of triggered my interest. Um, one was Rounders, which was like a really popular path to getting into poker. People that saw that movie back then. Um, like so many people came from watching rounders and then there was this, um, I don't even remember how I read it, but Harper's magazine had this article by Jim McManus, which ended up becoming a book called fortune smile, but he was a journalist who was sent with $2,000 to cover the main event. So he hopped in with his like $2,000 stipend. He hopped in a satellite, won the satellite for 10 K to get in the main. And then he got fifth in the main event so it was this really cool and like to me you know it was tj versus chris ferguson was the final you know they were like these larger than life um characters and it was just like this really cool story i didn't quite realize how lucky this guy was to parlay a satellite into the final table when he was just a journalist you know he wasn't a pro player at all yeah but that was like wow that like that sounded awesome so i really liked that article so we started playing in college this is right before um moneymaker so it's like the year before and so they still didn't have the whole card cams on tv obviously that got a ton more people in with espn um so it wasn't there weren't you know that many people um into poker at the time but we had enough like my college was really small it was only like 1600 people but umass was in the same town uh which is like thirty thousand or whatever so we we yeah you could find the game yeah yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. And Moneymaker, it's, it made me think, man, we had Moneymaker on, I think, like about like last year, give or take. Mm-hmm. That was that was a neat one. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he got into NFTs and NFTs, too, or at least he was back then. That was yeah, that, that was interesting. So, you know, going through your poker career, I know I know you you grinded online for a while. Um, Black Friday hits. Then you you moved. I believe you said you moved to New York and you started playing some of the underground games. I think of Rounders. When, when, I, when I think of it, how, how um, any similarities? What, how are the NYC games? Yeah, like that movie was somewhat accurate in terms mm-hmm. of, just, of that environment. Um, I was already living in New York from like 05. Okay. But then after Black Friday, I was still in New York. And so it's like, um, you know, I needed income, basically. It's an expensive city. And so I never played underground games when online was around. I played like once. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just didn't it didn't really interest me. Um, and so then, you know, I started playing more and, um, like I was fortunate. I found a game where like, I knew the people, the the main problem in New York is the rake can get really high. Um, you know, and then there's other stuff you got to watch out for too, like obviously cheating and like things like that, but, but the rake, uh, you know, and then some games it's like, it's all on credit. So they, they kind of charge the high rake because they're supposed to guarantee that you're going to get paid when you win. But sometimes the games don't do that. They'll still, they're charging high rake and then you win. And they're like, well, we still need these losers to pay before you get paid first. Um, so for me, like I pretty much found um, the game that I, I, I guess I would say trusted, like, you know, like there's 100, 200 and 200, 400 mm-hmm. mixed games. So limit games and um, maybe three, six, sometimes we play, but usually one, two or two, four. 
And um, like, I knew most of the people, you know, it's like half businessmen, like half, you know, pros, but it wasn't like any like, you know, stone cold killer pros or, you know, they're usually playing higher stakes or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was a good game, you know, a lot of good people there. Um, and like the rake wasn't crazy. So that, that was good, but like, you know, some of the PLO, some of the big bet games, um, yeah, high rake, but you'd hear people go on these crazy runs, man. Like random guys are going on like seven figure runs in some of these games. Like you, the money gets big, you know? So there's, uh, if you can fade the rake and, and the cheating and you know, you can <laughs> go for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, well, that, that's, that's what I was wondering, uh, wondering, uh, as far as like some of like the, maybe the risks, right. Because there's, it's already enough to like, uh, be a winning poker player. Um, and then like yeah. having to worry about like, okay, am I getting cheated or what else is going on around here? Um, so w- any like, you know, stories, maybe any, any like, uh, you know, things of that nature you ran into? I didn't really like, I, again, I missed, I mostly played this one game where like, I knew the people running it and like, I knew mm-hmm. um, the other, or at least I, be, I grew to knew the other players in the game. Um, and so that, that to me, there was not, if there was cheating in there, like, I don't, I don't really think that. And like, again, you, you, what you win, you get paid if you want. We had a deal where it'd be like uh, 20K either way, like you just keep it on the sheet. And then if I'm owed over 20, you pay me down to 20. If I'm, if I owe over 20, I pay you down to where I owe 20. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone had their own deal. Like some people would like, I, I want to bring cash, but a lot of the, you know, and then there's other games that are like cash only. Like you hear some stories of like a fucking guy brings a gun to the game in Brooklyn or some shit, steal <laughs> like a few thousand dollars. Um, so they have all levels, you know, and then there's other like hedge fund games, you know, that are 10 to a hundred times the stakes I was playing, you know, that are, and that's just a whole other world. If you can navigate, like the social connections to get into that game. Right. If you're, especially if you're a winning player. Um, so yeah, there's like the whole wide range. And so like uh, for me personally, I never really saw um, I, I avoided a lot of like the riskier games. Like yeah. I found a game that, that was like good stakes and like I could basically beat, um, you know, for a good amount. And that was, that was fine with me. I still didn't like, like I'm playing 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. You know, my girlfriend's working a nine to five. It's like, it's not a great lifestyle. Sometimes you got to travel with me to Borgata on the weekend too sometimes. So um, yeah, I like, uh, it's fine to do it for a bit. I did that for probably three years. Mm-hmm. And like, by the end, I was like, I was ready to move on to find something else to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it makes me think too, uh, Brett, like the lifestyle is tough. I, you know, when I, when I was dating this girl three, four, five years ago, yeah, I'd be playing through the night and she's a school teacher. And so we've just like never, <laughs> yeah. never seen each other really, you know. Um, but yeah, it's fun. It fun's while it lasts. I, so yeah, I know you're a mixed game guy. Um, any any games you, uh, you particularly uh, like that you think you're strongest at? I like stud, stud high and stud high low. Probably my two biggest edges maybe. I mean, stud high low, I think I play very well, but there's also just a lot of automatic decisions in that game. So yeah, sure. there's only so there's only so much uh, edge you can have. Stud high, I think, is is a more difficult game. So like I'm probably better theoretically at stud eight or better, but my edge might be bigger in stud high. At least it was online when I was like keeping my poker tracker stats, mm-hmm. um, just because there's way fewer automatic decisions there. So it's it's a more interesting game. Makes but sense. And probably those PLO I've done pretty well, and also um, 
the both straight PLO and in the mix. Yeah. Well, so seven card stud, there's an extra street of betting, right? Too. So the pots yeah. can get the pots can it's get big. Yeah. It makes me and, and it's one winner. So like stud high low, it's split. Stud high, like in these mixed tournaments. Uh like I'm playing dealer's choice tomorrow. So I I'll be picking that game a fair amount. And it's a good game in a tournament. Like if you go on a run in stud high, as you say, you're getting that extra big bet in. It's all one winner take all. So like yeah. you can really be kind of off to the races. Or vice versa, you can just kind of flame out of the tournament pretty quickly if you if you start losing those hands. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I've, I've always enjoyed the, the 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 split pots like study. I, I used to play in an OE game, study. Yeah, um, I like OE. Yeah, it's 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 fun. Um, but it, I guess the split pot nature can bail some people out sometimes, which which is sometimes tilting. I'm like, he should not have been in. Omaha eight is like uh, it's a real <laughs> popular game. It's when you the games I played in, it's it's almost bingo. You have eight people. Six of them are seeing the flop, and then the pot's so big that they're like the only mistake you can make now is to fold. So it's just yeah. everyone's just kind of playing bingo to the end. <laughs> that, that's why I, I do. Um, I, I used to play in a PLO eight game for a while. Yeah. Uh, probably like that, that game's fun because you can, yeah, because you, you can push it a little bit more. You right? can't not... do, yeah, you can't get away with just like I'm in the pot, so I'm just see you at showdown. Like you can in 08. PLO yeah. eight, you can get uh quartered, you find out quickly, you know, the wrong way to do things in that game. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, fun games, fun games. So you got um, you're you're playing the WSOP um starting tomorrow. Um, how many events? Do you, like, you, you got an idea of what you're gonna play? You're just gonna go by year. I got my like first week planned out. I'm gonna go from there. But yeah, I'm playing 1500 Dealer's Choice, 1500 Omaha Eight or Better, 1500 Stud, probably the 10K Dealer's Choice, which is Sunday. But I got some stuff to do early in the week, so I'm not sure. You know, yeah, kind of kind of just whatever's next up if i feel like playing it mm-hmm. um i like some of the mix events but also i don't mind like the no limit stuff too i'll play it but the problem i have in the no limit ones like the millionaire maker and like the monster stack which is those are great tournaments but they're really long because they get so many people so it's like you play three days to be making double your money or something you know and so it's like really high variance and there's this long tournaments but at the same time you can turn 1500 into a million in a week if you really catch lightning in a bottle which is like appealing and then when you're deep in that tournament it's a much weaker field than like typically deep in a tournament that's paying a million for first um you know it's not like a 10k at bellagio where it's it's gonna be tough players you're gonna have at least some level of amateurs there so yeah i'll pretty much just play play whatever's up you know, and I've, I haven't done horribly well in tournaments. I'm honestly like break even or losing over like a 15 years sample, which to me, I think not. I think if we ran it back again, I would have done a little better, but it's also like I'm not some amazing tournament player that's just crushing it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of get in there, fire some events, see what happens. You know, if I'm just getting killed, maybe I'm like, whatever, I'll, I'll do something else. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, yeah, I plan to play a fair amount. Well, you're certainly you're- the main event. I'll always play that. Do you, do you find it like as a, as a cash game player? Um, Cause I, I've primarily been a cash game uh, guy as well. I, I find the patience, like, like you mentioned, like, you know, I did like when I, when I went out there, I think I played the uh, one of those tournaments you mentioned, like the monster or the yeah. whatever. And I'm like in day two. Colossus. Yeah. Yeah. Colossus. And it's like, you got to play three days to, and it's like, I could have just grinded cash. I could have just played cash for three days to mint cash. Um, or, yeah. you know, it's just, do you, do you ever do you struggle with patience? Do you struggle with like that's what I always did? I would and then I'd just be like, oh fuck it. Like, I don't know. 
patience is one of my strengths i would say with poker so or like in in trading i guess in general so like i don't i don't mind chilling in the tournament i i will agree though like when i was a pro like i was a cash pro i looked at tournaments as a um almost entertainment expense right and then i I had a tournament backer like during the years of where i could play cash on my own and then i would have a guy like taking on the, the variance um of these tournaments and it's just like they're they're really high variance and uh you can't count especially live tournaments like maybe you could make a living doing it live but like i just don't think you can count on it consistently enough like yeah unless you're like really good and you play a lot but then you add in travel expenses like there's a lot of overhead in this lifestyle like i would never want to be like a traveling tournament pro i've done i've like traveled the circuit you know for periods of time i enjoy that like i do i don't mind going to like whatever the iowa random casino for their like week of events like i've done that you know here and there but i wouldn't want to do at one after the other after the other but like florida south florida they have a ton of great tournaments like people could you could live there play mostly cash and then when the series comes to town you fire some of those and then you know but have cash as like the main staple i think is is something that most poker players should do should you know or other income however it is but like i would not count I'm not counting on tournaments for money. I look at that as entertainment personally. Right, right. Makes where sense. I can have an edge, where I think I have an edge and I can I can still make money, that'd be great, you know, to have a six-figure score coming up in, in one of these events. But like, I'm not counting on it. Right, right. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah, and there is. Yeah, and I'm, I'm down here in Florida, uh, Brett. It's also, I'm like, um, yeah, because I'm going down to the Hard Rock later tonight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's good. I think I'm starting picking up playing some of these tournaments a little bit here and there. Um, all right, last poker thing, because I know, you know, we got a lot of, most people are, are traders on here but um i uh, I, came, I came across this crazy hand man you uh must have been years years ago on espn like you versus phil Helmuth, yeah and this other girl and it was that's Shaq. oh no, oh that was yeah just explain the hand for the listeners because that was a wild fucking hand wild so hand. so it's three thousand dollar no limit buy-in tournament at world series uh get to the final table um i don't know if it was supposed to be on tv or if because Helmuth was there they made it on tv Mm-hmm. But um, so it's on ESPN and we're like, I think seven handed now and I get Kings under the gun and I have like 16 blinds. So I make it, I think like two and a half blinds. I made it 80. I, it was 30 K big blind. I make it 80 fold, fold Beth Shack, who was this amateur uh, lady. She was the wife of Dan Shack, who plays a lot of poker at yeah. the time they got divorced. But uh she was the wife of him. She had Phil Ivy uh, on the rail also, uh, but she was very amateur. Like she didn't understand a lot. Like she just didn't really play poker, whatever. She moves all in for like five fifty. I'd made it 80 with King. So I'm immediately like, yes, Phil Helmuth has 90 K and he's very next to act after her. He immediately shoves his chips in. He starts this big celebration, like quarter of a second, honey, I'm all in. <laughs> uh, and the dealer splits those two also. So comes back to me. I'm like, I know he has aces. Like he's making like, it you very know clear because yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's the amount of money left for me. It's so he might've had 110, but like I made it 80. So either way, it was so irrelevant what his um, like remaining chips were. He wants me to fold. So he's making this huge commotion, you know? And then I'm like, okay, well, I know he has aces. I have Kings. I don't really respect, you know, Beth's poker ability at all. So 
I didn't really pay any attention to her. Meanwhile, she's going to the crowd. She's doing the aces dance. So I look like this total idiot. There's three cameras on her. The dealer splits her and Helmuth too, right? So he commands all this attention. So I kind of just immediately brushed her off. And, uh, you know, whatever, long story short, they both have aces. I call with Kings. I'm out in seventh. I look like a total idiot. They didn't do me any favors with editing. I'll say that. Like, they didn't show that Helmuth had no chips. So it looked even worse. Yeah. Um, I knew at least one of them had aces. You know, it is what it is. I, I don't, uh, you know, I wish I'd paid more attention to her, but like the thought process based on the information I was receiving, I could have done a better job hunting for more information. You know, I made a good decision. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, have you ever folded Kings preflop? No, but now I can't. I got to go down with the ship every time. Gotta, gotta, I, don't, I don't play enough no limit to where like I would, but like, like we're nine handed there and under the gun goes all in for a hundred thousand. The next guy goes all in for 300,000. Fold, fold, goes to Beth. She then asks that 300,000 guy, are you making a move? Which shows like you can't be making a move there. The first guy's already all in. Now this guy's all in. There's no move to be made. Like, yeah, there are like, you can't make a move on a guy that's already all in. And, and then she went jammed 750 with ace queen with three other 750 stacks behind her, which to me is, you know, that's the fold. But that was like the level of, um, she just didn't understand like basic concepts. Yeah. Of poker. So then I just, you know, I discounted her. I didn't pay attention. And no, I've never, still never folded Kings, but I, I don't, I haven't played that much. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but you know, yeah. I, I think that's on the, yeah. I don't know if, I don't think I've ever folded Kings maybe once, maybe like you got to have a crazy read. I feel like on somebody, yeah. but um, what, what year was that? Cause like that, it, that watching it now to me, it was just so ridiculous. Like they're like, they're celebrating and like, yeah. you're still in the fucking hand. Like it's the decision yeah. still on you. It was so outrageous. Yeah. I, Oh five, Oh seven, somewhere in there. Oh, that makes sense. Cause those years were crazy. Those years yeah. were fucking nuts, man. Yeah. Do you miss Do you miss those days? You ever like look back on those days and we're like, wow, man, like that was, that was something. Yeah, it was great. It honestly, like the NFT world kind of reminded me of that um, last, last year, like reminded me of the early poker days, where it's like, right. you know, everyone was sort of figuring it out together um, with crazy money at stake, you know, like, um, you know, the people you could beat pretty high stakes games without a whole lot of study back mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. you know, and then obviously over time, the market gets more uh, sophisticated and, and you have to level up, you know? Yeah. 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 No, it's sure. Yeah. It sure has got a lot more, a lot more sophisticated. Um, so as, so after poker, uh, well, not, well, not after poker, but yeah, like, like, you know, as you're kind of transitioning to doing other stuff, I know DFS caught your attention. Um, so t- tell us a little bit about your interest in DFS um, and like, yeah, where, where you've done with that. Yeah, so like 2014 or so, um, I'm again, I've been playing like for three years, these um, underground New York games mostly, and I was like looking for something else to do. And so DFS started playing that, you know, just casually. And I was like, this feels a lot like poker, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I then um, was like, I want to be on the industry side this time. I saw like the you did well in on the player side in poker, but like the big money, the people that really made a ton of money made it on the industry side. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, all right, I want to go to industry side. So I'm in New York, both FanDuel and DraftKings were there. I had friends there. So I went to interview at, at those places. I was like, you know, I, I want to, um, you know, basically just get a job. Cause I was this poker player. So like this will be me, uh, 
fucking see if I can just get a job and then see how that goes. And started interviewing and it's like, they had like a hundred employees already. So I was like that, like I'm a gambler, you know, I, I'm used to having like all my, uh, you know, action or like a lot of the upside at least. So I was like, I don't really want to be employee hundred. Like there's no upside there. turns out like if we went to DraftKings, I'm sure that probably still would have worked out very well. FanDuel, no. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was um, basically like during that process, like I was still casually playing, but I was like, there's nothing, there's not a good mobile experience for like, I would go out to dinner with my girlfriend, right? She's off work. I'm about to go play poker. So I want to throw like a baseball or basketball lineup in. She's yelling at me, get off your phone. You know, I'd be like studying on my phone. She's yelling at me, like, get off your phone and pay attention to me. Like, we only have an hour to hang out today, which is like a very valid criticism. And so I was like, well, if I had an app that I could just, you know, like simplify the process, that would be useful. So then I basically um, quit the FanDuel DraftKings trying to get a job there and was um, raised money essentially for this mobile app. Mm-hmm. um and moved to vegas um one for the gambling ties too is just cheaper than new york city so um and then i outsourced to this app shop in vegas which turned out to be a mistake they were kind of a scam um but we built this mobile there's a mobile optimizer like news tool okay. then um ran out of money like shitty products that you know outsourcing to this uh shop was a mistake uh, our main investor who I met playing in this underground New York game was like, I still think there's something here. Like I'll, I'll like loan the company money, uh, which just turned into equity, but, uh, to like hire a team. So that I was able to hire a team. We, we built it out. You know, the government kind of came in the daily fantasy, like the, it looked less exciting than, than when we initially started. And so then in the start of, uh, 2017, we were, um, you know, there's just all this excitement around Ethereum and everything. So we sort of pivoted into the uh, Ethereum space at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. So, so where, where is where? So the the company's or uh, uh, Blitz Pick, correct? That's yeah. the name. So where? Yeah. So so how are you guys uh, looking today? So I mean, better than we were a year ago. You know, so so we then raised money in the ICO at the start of 2018 to build on Augur, which is this like decentralized protocol oh, yeah. where you can like create a market on anything. And we raised at the stone peak, you know, Ethereum was like a thousand dollars of the peak at the time. It, it hit 1400 or something briefly, but it was about to peak. Things start falling apart. Um, and then things just went bad for us essentially across the board. Um, like that was a, that was a rough like summer, right? We have all these angry people, the token price crashes, you know, none of the promises that were made from the sort of overall infrastructure people, you know, are like, well, you're just getting, you know, the average guy is going to be using Ethereum. They're not even going to notice it. It's just under the hood. Like that's coming by the end of this year. And like, turned out like all the cart got way ahead of the horse there. Right. And so we saw a ton of like ETH even went down to 80 bucks or 60, you know? So like a lo- that was, that was tough. So we built, um, well, we said we we're going to do it anyway. We built it on Augur. Uh, and so we had this betting exchange um, built on Augur and 0x, which was going to be, we were going to move to Dublin and launch it out of there. But it was like, Augur is not a great back end for sports betting. It's too slow. It's like very decentralized. But when I bet, I want to just, you know, hey, the Falcons won. Where's my money? Augur, well, you got to wait two days to make sure that they really won. No one's trying to do that. Uh, so bad, some bad design decisions in there. 
Um, so then into 2019, we're out of money again. Um, you know, the team, people are burnt out. Like some of the people, I mean, they're fucking devs are getting death threats, you know, like you fucking, like some of these people, extreme scumbags, like, and I know them, like we have friends of friends, you know, and some of the shit they tried to pull was crazy. Like this one guy's, it doesn't matter, but, uh, he's in prison right now. Um, in any event, then, uh, last year, my friend who's working at this robotics company in San Francisco, uh, he's like, he didn't have enough upside there. He was like, I'm doing all this work for this company, but like, I don't have enough equity and they're not going to like give it to me. So he was looking for something else to do. Uh, so we rebuilt it. He and I were on the SX network now, which is really cool. It's actually a blockchain uh, designed for sports betting. Uh, they're the first one to build on Polygon. They um, just raised like 10 million round uh, the SX token. It's out there. So we have it built. Like we've actually, the last month has been frustrating because it's ready. We've been testing it. But uh, the, um, like, uh, just the, it, take it from our, our own test environment. to like, hey, this is production ready. Uh, there's just these edge cases we keep finding. Uh, so hopefully it should be launching in June. Uh, again, it'll be on the test net, but it's like a collaborative platform for sports better. So you can have your own coin, you know, you can have Ray coin. So people, they want to access your picks or your blogs or like content. They got to buy your coin. Uh, you know, we have tournaments, contests, just kind of a, a gamified experience. Like if you're betting, mm-hmm. um, you know, similar to like whether Rotor Grinders or Covers or, or Fantasy Labs or, you know, s- sites like that where we're not the actual book, we're, we're the the helper tool or, or these other experiences for uh, the web three sports better. And so, you know, we're going to let the ball, it's been, I've been, we pivoted a bunch, like no more pivots. This is it. We're letting the ball roll here and, you know, mm-hmm. see what happens. We'll see. It seems like a good place to land on bread, right? Like, like, you know, you had to go through some like trials and errors. And I mean, I think we both know like the, the, the sports betting industry is just like taken off. Um, yeah. And then you can, you combine it with some like web three. I know there's been some things I've been like, like looking into keeping my eye on. Um, and it seems like a good intersection, um, I think, or maybe we're just biased on like, you know, these are kind of our I likes. Mean, no, you're right. I think, I mean, it, whether we'll be the ones to pull something off, somebody will yeah. like sports betting has always lagged behind like reg- most other industries in terms of like technological adoption, even mobile, which is like such a perfect fit for betting. They were like way behind, you know, gaming, like fucking photo apps, like all the ton of other industries, like mobile betting really didn't start taking off, you know, till the last 10 years where there's all other, you know, five or 10 years before that, where it, where it could have picked up more. So uh, then you look at like, you have FTX paying for the Miami heat arena, you have crypto.com paying for the Staples center rights. Like there's a lot, uh, the intersection of like sports betting, you know, it's also becoming legal throughout the U S in crypto. I think it's, it's an exciting um, intersection. And then it actually makes sense. Like if I go to bet at DraftKings, I deposit my money. Okay. Now it's sitting in DraftKings. If I cash out, it's going to take me a few days to get my money. Right. But like, if I'm betting in MetaMask type sites, I w- I have my money right away. I can do whatever I want with it. Like I really enjoy that aspect. And I think that more people that get used to like using MetaMask for things, it makes a lot more sense than like you tying up your money with this one specific site, you know, for a while, you know, I'm not trying to wait three days to get paid. Yeah. Like, why can't I just pay me now? Yep. Yep, exactly. And, and, and like you said, too, right, it's just probably more people getting like that or the average person getting used to using MetaMask and, and things of yeah. the like. Uh, do, do you think do you think we're going to start seeing some because uh, I'm not sure if 
uh, this was kind of like Aug, because I mean, I, I remember looking into Augur years, years ago, because it caught it caught my attention at first. Um, I don't know if they offer it, but are, are, you think we're gonna start seeing like peer to peer betting, like where I could like post something and then anyone who wants that, to so take that, the other that exists. So it's yeah. it's on Sport Sport X, which is they built the SX network. Okay, so those are the guys we've partnered with. It's like Betfair, but they they have a specific um, they have like a list of events and markets, right? So. For the NBA, they have spread money line and total, right? They don't go into like a lot of exotic stuff, especially, but they do pretty good volume. Like regular season NBA, they would do, you know, five, six figures of volume on a game. I'm sure mm-hmm. with the finals coming up, it'll be six, maybe seven figures of volume there. Um, so same thing, like you can, you can go in and say like, you know, I want Boston plus 150 and, and it sits there uh, and either someone takes it or they don't you know, and if it, if it gets matched, then you have a bet. And if it doesn't, mm-hmm. then whatever. And it's on Polygon soon to be their own network. So the gas price for doing this stuff is almost free. Nothing, like if yeah. it was on mainnet ETH, it would be, it'd be to cancel your bet or put an order in like that would, that starts eating into your, your cost sure. quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's really cheap. So I th- it's like their volumes are going up. So it's the kind of thing that it makes a lot of sense. You know, I know exchange type betting is more popular overseas. It's not as popular in the U S but if you're already crypto savvy, I think that's going to be like an easier um, bridge to cross for people. And then you can still have like an actual, just regular betting UI on top of this exchange um, type of uh, market also. So I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. Um, and it's, again, it's one of those things. It's like the flywheel, you get more volume in that attracts more betters and, and that attracts more volume. And, and now you have this robust marketplace. Like you'll see it in some of the, some sports they have, you know, market making bots on there, and then other sports, it's it's, you know, there's just not enough interest for it. Yeah, yeah, market making bots. Yeah. Oh, and so, the Fanduel founder has a, has one coming on Solana later this year. Okay. Uh, a peer to peer marketplace. You know, there's there's another team building a market on the SX network also. So there's um, yeah, I think there's going to be more. I mean, it's going to be the so way, cool. The betting is on this upward yeah. trajectory. Um, so I think there's going to be a bunch of stuff coming in this space. Yeah, it's going to be so, yeah, it's going to be so cool to see. Um, I, I really, I really grind. I mean, the, the only, the only sport I bet is football. That's the only one I'm like solid enough at. Um, yeah. NFL or like the major, like SEC type college stuff the, the, that they'll have plenty of volume. And, and the props there. have been great. I, I just, I, I've been almost circling just to like the player props. Um, but man, I, I just, it's just, it's real exciting to see where it's going to go from here too. And then even like what I even think DraftKings the past couple of years, they've had like sports betting championships. I could see it evolving yeah. into that, right? Like they've having like that. tournaments, right? Like, yeah, they've done the tournaments. Like they do. Um, I like to play the, like just the regular NFL DraftKings, like the contest where you can turn 20 bucks into a million. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that, that kind of stuff. They do best ball also, which is like you draft a fantasy team, but then I you love, never touch it. I love it. best ball. I love best, best ball. ball is super fun. It's like, it's, it's I, annoying because like in Vegas, in. you can't play it. You, you can't, this, most DraftKings and underdog, I can't play. Um, so if I'm out of town sometime this summer, I'll, I'll try and fire some lineups in. You I, go. Do, I like doing, it's a fun sweat. You know, it's the same thing. It's 20 bucks. It's and now best. you have a sweat for the whole season of, for a million, you know, it's like, yeah, you're probably not going to win, but like, you know, it's pretty good uh, entertainment money. Oh, it is. It's great, man. I mean, I, I was going to uh, then I was going to ask you about best ball. I'm, I think I'm like, I think I got 20 lineups already, man. That shit gets addicting. 
Um, I've done, it's not even I've June. done test lineups. Like the only one I can play is the FFPC for Vegas. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. So uh, they have these like $5, like it's just like a, almost like a mock draft kind of thing. So I played that, but uh, yeah, I'll, I do want to play some um, on DraftKings and under you typically right before the season is the best time to do it. Well, you get a lot you of the more information and then you have like fish come in too. Like if you're playing exactly. underdog drafts in May, you get more sharper. You, you know what's going on. Like there's no one that's just clueless clicking buttons in there. You would, you would be, you'd be surprised though, Brad. There's been some yeah, crazy maybe. shit already. Yeah. They, no, yeah. no, but I, I tend to agree with you. Yeah. You probably, you're going to get your best lineups at the end. And, um, you know, I'm pumped next week. I got, um, uh, we got Levitan coming on Adam Levitan. So, oh yeah. Um, I'm excited to have him on, ask him about that. Um, but yeah, um, you know, it's funny cause you, you brought it up in Vegas, man. I went to, Ve- I was in Vegas for week one of the NFL season and, uh, it's actually, you know, JJ, we, you know, I was meeting with some of the people we trade with like in, in our group and, uh, one of the other guys is a heavy DFS better. And like, you know, we waited till Saturday night, we're running like the optimizer and stuff. And then I, I can't enter my fucking lineups and I had to call my sister in yeah. Florida. I'm like, okay, listen, I got 20 lineups right here. This is who you, she's like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not going to get it in. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Vegas. Um, I don't know. Maybe probably some like, it's same, about, they just same, no, it's same thing. Every state. They they want their gambling to be the yeah right the uh what you like you can't even do a mobile deposit on the sports books here like you have to physically go to the casino which is oh, insane wow. yeah like, and I, I, you know, <laughs> I was like, like I, there's times I've wanted to bet something I'm like I'm not I live in the outskirts you know I'm like I'm not trying to go 20 minutes to the crazy. casino to, so like I could do a better job of like leaving money on those apps but I I just I don't really bet that much so I don't uh. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't used it much. It, yeah. It was, it was funny, man. I was like, I'm like, I'm walking between the Caesars and Bellagio. I think they, they're two separate sports books. Like, Cause I know there's like, what you got MGM. Yeah. Yeah. And so, because they had different lines. And so I have to keep shuffling back and forth. I'm like walking between, you know, luckily it's not too, too far of a walk, but yeah. know, it was a fucking September. It was hot as shit, but <laughs> um, yeah. So let's, yeah, let's move it on to trading, man. Um, I know, I know you're fairly active trading, um, investing when, when did this come, uh, you know, trading peak your interest along your journey? Honestly, um, I like back in the online poker days, I traded some like just gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I had an E-Trade account and I, I shorted dominoes, uh, when they came out with this, if you look at their chart, I like, it was just a disastrous short, but I shorted them. They came out with this <laughs> ad campaign that was like, sorry, our old pizza sucked. It's better now. And I was like, this can't work. And then it was a hit. And so I luck, I got out early. Like, I, didn't get, I didn't get killed. Like yeah. it, it started going the other way. And I was like, okay, like I was wrong, but their chart is like this ridiculous chart. If you look at Domino's, this was like maybe 0809 is mm-hmm. when I shorted it. And it's just like a hundred X and I don't know, maybe, maybe not that much, but it's a lot. It is <laughs> on this crazy run since then. Um, and that was kind of contrarian. I like, like BP had an oil spill and I was like, well, there's still, you know, they're probably still going to be around. So I bought, I bought BP, uh, Toyota, uh, had some problem. I was like, they make great cars. I bought them. Goldman Sachs had some issue. I was like, they're not going anywhere. So that was kind of my strategy, but I was mo- mostly clicking buttons, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't like, I wasn't that, um, I guess into it. The, when I really started like actively trading was with top shot last year, NBA top shot was like sort of the on-ramp, um, for 
NFTs. Like I was never really an active crypto trader. Like I, I have never, you know, in that sort of daily being in the market active, making multiple trades a day. This mm. was the first time I started doing that was with Top Shot, which I really liked. Um, you know, that was like last through last May, maybe that was where a lot of my focus was, at which point, you know, luckily I started branching out more into Ethereum. Um, like I like Top Shot, it was so easy. It's email, credit card, but, and like, there was a lot of demand there. They, they kind of flooded the market just relentlessly. Crazy. And so like, yeah. I'm, um, you know, I'm trying to make money. Like that's not like my sole motivation here, but like, I want to at least like have the chance to make money. Um, you know, like I'm trying to make good trading decisions. Um, but like also like I'm trying to do, you know, focus in areas like I find enjoyable. Like I'm not just like mercilessly, like I have to just find, try and hunt yeah. whatever my biggest edge is. But with Top Shot is like at some point, you know, I was kind of like, you know, this is just not a good place for me to put uh, my money or time. Yeah. You know, so I still have some I'm just holding, but for the most part, I'm, I'm pretty over that. But yeah, branched out into Ethereum. And then again, like that was a crazy, really a crazy summer where I, I like didn't leave my computer some days. You know, I would order yeah, yeah. DoorDash in the morning and like just <laughs> trade 18 hours. Um, it's like, it's really fun. These markets are great when there's like excitement, when there's liquidity, um, you know, and so like, since then it's like you've we've seen i've seen how certain sets can just get totally dead like the volume will just go to zero when other stuff is going crazy so um you know a lot of lessons from poker apply like bankroll management you can't just go all in on one project um you know spread it around and uh but it's fun it's like a very wild west environment which i like where which is great you know yeah. last like people had less of an idea what was um going on with everyone's kind of, you know, figuring it out on the fly, you know, and like, I've been dead wrong about a ton of things. You know, I sold board apes. I'm not even going to say where I sold them, but it was, it was like <laughs> yeah. two ETH, you know, it's like, um, I never thought they were going to hit a hundred, you know, plus the airdrops or whatever. Crazy. So like, even yeah. something like that, I would have sold it 10 other times along the way also. Yeah. yeah I, I love them. Wild, yeah, Wild West in it. Um, you know, uh, it was it was cool for me to hear you say it's like reminded you of of uh, you know, poker, like the early days of poker a little bit. Um, because I, ha I had the same thought too, and you know, like I was telling you before the podcast, I was a little bit younger, and I really missed like the like the real boom years, um, yeah. of poker. And like once I saw NFTs and stuff coming up last year, I'm like, nah, I'm not missing this shit. Like if this is gonna, you know, I'm like, I I'm not gonna get into it. Um, but it's funny, man. I told you know, you bring up the board apes could have bring myself to do it to buy them but i told my boy i'm like you're probably gonna do well on it like he bought like three of them i'm like you're probably yeah. gonna do good but i just can't i don't know i it just wasn't for me i guess but you know this this is the question i wanted to ask you man because I, I know you're you know i follow you on twitter and i like and i do like following you to, to kind of be like clued in just to see how you're thinking about nfts and stuff like that how, how do you how do you you know because there's a lot of people out there that don't just like how's their value in a picture of an ape how is there about like how do you, how do you go about like sussing out like what you want to buy? Um, I I it's a, there's like I have multiple buckets I would say for like what I want to buy. There's like my own deranged long term stuff, which like I've, I'll be honest, I ended up focusing too much on certain like crypto leos, tripped out leos, uh, vessels. This project on Tezos. That was a funny. I like that the li the little Leo with the yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> I love the Leos, you know, I, and so, but like, there's not, you know, they haven't done that great overall, you know, from a price standpoint. So it's like, yeah, you know, I probably don't need to keep buying them. The Bitbirds, man, I love those. Um, you're why I got them. You're the you're so, the reason you're the reason why I got into them. Yeah. So Dabiri, shout out to Dabiri. You shout know, I still think those birds are gonna fly at some point. Um, you saw you saw. Sorry, not to cut you off, but did you see those thug birds? Yeah. So it was the yeah. same thing, but the birds have the glasses, and they would. Yeah. They were... So they, they took the art, and now the bit birds are like open source, like so it wasn't like they didn't steal it. They got approval, yeah. but they copied the art, put it on Solana. They more than doubled the supply, and they were like twenty to one as expensive as the original ones, which is yeah. crazy to me. Right. So, but I think, but like, so I like, I have the like, okay, I like this long term. I don't know if or when that that's gonna take off, kind of play bucket which those those fall in right. you know and and that to me it's almost like i'm potentially throwing money into the ocean but like if one of them hits it, it can be like a crazy return and like we've seen projects get hot like from out of nowhere and and go on these runs yeah. so um i have that one that that sort of bucket i have the, the like the more sh the short-term bucket which is more like i'm you know basically flipping right i'm just trying to make money now um which you know, I kind of got away from that. I'm, I'm a little more in there. It's, things get very pump and dumpy and like, and, and it's like, you got to be really tuned in to be playing that game. And so if I don't have time to, um, well, that's a full time like, grind in itself. I don't right? have time to commit to that. I'm more yeah. just like, I'm going to sit in ETH. I'm going to have my, the NFTs I already have, like right now with the world series coming up, you know, I, and, and market's been pretty shaky. You know, I'm not really making any like big NFT buys right now not opposed like if something might pop up and i'm like okay like you know that makes sense but my right now i'm more especially just between the market being kind of shaky i'm just kind of like i'm gonna i'm gonna like just chill for a bit you know i have the long-term bucket but you know those are filled um you know the short term is is more like empty or moved into eth i would say I, there's not a whole lot i'm i'm holding that i'm like trying to actively sell right now mm -hmm. and then and then oh, i guess the third bucket would be kind of a more medium term type of play where like i like it but like if it does start running you know it's there's always a price i mean there's always a price for anything but like um yeah that, that's kind of how i try and there's no like super strict regimen but i try and mix it up because i like the i do like i i love illiquid deranged plays like more than most and so it's like i get myself in trouble because <laughs> i'm just blasting two ETH at some total nonsense and it's like you know maybe that could have been used literally anything else yeah but you know it yeah. is what it is no i definitely i definitely um got caught in some of those because because you know jj the nft market is it's not you know definitely not as liquid and so yeah, yeah you, you might find yourself caught in something and i'm like all right fuck i guess i'm just holding yeah. <laughs> there's a good saying i like for nfts which is sell on the way up or never sell like the liquidity can dry yeah. up so fast um in in here where it's like you know you're just you you have a zero you know? well, it's, a, it's a completely retail based marketplace, right? So there's, yeah, you know, liquidity is created by institutions because they have an agenda to push product. So yeah, that, that makes sense. Now, Ray got into the NFTs. Like, I mean, I remember you were like one of the early adopters. So you had like a really good cost basis on a lot of that stuff that you got. You were like one of the first ones in. So your cost basis was, was one of the lower cost basis. So that, you know, that probably helped out a lot. But yeah, you know, the yeah, late chasers are the ones, you know, in any market that that end up yeah. getting burned. Yeah. And I've done that too, though. Like I've taken profit from being early. 
Yeah. And then now I'm buying late and some other thing that, that, you know, I bought the top of some projects too, right. Where it's like, you know, granted I bought the top with profit from buying early on something else. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you know, how bad is that? But at the same yeah. time, you know, my, my typical strategy is more, I try and just get in early and, and let the ball roll, which is extremely high variance. But like when you do get a hit, it, it's a massive one. Right. We're so, only looking to hit like one or two of them, right? Like that's, yeah. yeah like you buy, I'll buy a bunch for 0.02 or 0.05 yeah. each, you know, you for one or two ETH, you can get a bunch of pieces in a set. Uh, and then like, I'd, I typically rather do that than buy like one, two ETH NFT. I'd rather mm-hmm. get a bunch. Spread it um, out. Yeah. You know, but now that two ETH NFT could have been an Azuki that went from two to 30, right? Which did way better than the two ETH I did, which I fired into some junk that like didn't even sell out. Yeah. So it's it's high risk, high reward kind of um, uh, approach. But that's typically how I like to do it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, I remember I remember with the birds too. like the um, you know, what I like about it is like the supply. Right. Like so it's just like trading yeah. too, JJ. It's all supply yeah. and demand. Uh, yeah. That's what it is. And think what the, there's what, 1500 birds. Yeah, 1500. And they were, you know, a like it's pre board ape, which I think matters. Me you know, too, like yeah. that's such a big moment in NFTs that I think, hey, we were before them counts for something. I think that one of the things that's been hurting those birds is it's on the OpenSea storefront contracts. If you go and look square, if you go next to Y2, it's like um, it just looks it doesn't look great. Mm-hmm. And so only if you're on OpenSea, it's like, oh, I see what this is. Um, but Dabiri, the founder, has been planning to, to migrate to a new contract. He, he um, nice. He's got some ideas there. And so mm-hmm. I think it's like you know again that's the thing like i feel i feel pretty comfortable that those at some point will do um well and, and too brett if there's a run if there's a run on them there's only 1500 so that's the, the price thing. could that, that's what he's talking about like do nothing 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 price it's like it's like those 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 stocks that get short squeezed right yeah do nothing 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 goes parabolic so you know maybe we're being wishful yeah. here but i could see well, it it's definitely wishful it. like you know i would say the likely <laughs> scenario is that it's it's you know it's you might just not yeah 0.05 out here and there yeah, yeah but there is a world right where they get hot well oh, these like clean og pixelated birds you know where the guy's been around forever they launched over 100 derivatives including thugbirds you know and like now they he did this other th- innovative thing with this new contract getting it off the open sea storefront you know i see the path um yeah so like i i i have a lot of, i think i have like 50 of these so oh, shit, i bid, I, I bid on i i bid <laughs> last summer i was bidding on rares because like it was when it was kind of dead so um yeah i would like to see it do well obviously um but uh yeah I, like I, I, there's a, a reasonable chance that, that it never goes anywhere but like i also see that path where they pop off yeah you yeah. might have to put a group together buy up all the supply and jam the damn yeah we might just have to it, it might happen you never you know, know. <laughs> you know my my specialty is short squeezes so i'll help out what the hell uh, yeah yeah well yeah. you know what's you know what's funny too jj you know i i remember us talking about this like you know because now you know i think right, right we've seen a lot more maybe like um bad actors or like scams, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, you remember, I remember JJ, I remember us talking about this like a year ago. Like, you know, it's just the, the night, uh, how naive some people could be. Like when there's a lot of money at stake, there's going to be people um, yeah. pushing the boundaries um, yeah. a little bit here. Very true. Oh God. Yeah. 30 years in this business, I've seen some pretty crazy things. So yeah, it's, you know, and now in these markets and this stuff that you guys are in, there's like, there's no regulation. There's no oversight. Yeah. It was you very know, wild west. 
Yeah, it's so, it's 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 like pink sheet stocks in the 1990s, you know. It was, it's like online poker for yeah. me though, because I was playing yeah. like random offshore sites, you know, in 05, yeah. 06. Like none of them were regulated either. There's times I'd be sweating out a wire, you know. I remember one time <laughs> I had like I might have had 3k to my name, and then like I had a hundred k on this like random offshore site. So it was like wow, 98% of my net worth was just on this, and I, I cashed out. I was like, you know, I hope I get it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Amazing. yeah talk about talk about a sweat that that's that's a good sweat that is um i got it though so it was, it was all good there we that's go cool. brett brett um any um you know i guess like in the nft space do you um you know i guess we have like the the profile pictures the pfps um gaming uh collectibles is there anyone you kind of gravitate towards you you prefer over the other yeah there's actually so i i like um gaming but that that also is very pump and dumpy like now it's you got to be um you got to be on top of it like i have one friend that only focuses on gaming nfts like he just Mm -hmm. doesn't do anything else because there's enough going on there Mm -hmm. um so uh i'm kind of not as into that now the one category that i'm actually quite interested in is lore-based nfts or like world building right if you look at like um jk rowling or like george r R. martin right they built these Mm -hmm. massive intellectual properties you know really just with their mind and and um and writing these books and so i think like the the sort of media approach of like what if the next big um i guess not content but like uh, you know a big uh like franchise type what you know what if something like a story like that comes through an nft project you know i think that the upside there is tremendous uh, if you could somehow I find the next JK Rowling is her Genesis NFT, you know, big ifs across the board, but like, if you, you know, that, that reward is massive. So that's the kind of, and it's also like, that's not a lot of people are focused there right now. So, uh, I'm not saying I've found any of them, uh, but I do like, I like projects that are taking on that, like the sort of entertainment, um, trajectory, because like the the cycle of like the value in our project is shipping another JPEG or whatever. It's like, you know, like Bored Apes, they've done a great job so far, but like now they're they're these really ambitious gaming metaverse plans. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Like that that seems like it's gonna be hard to pull off. But if somebody's like, you know, here's a story where these NFTs are like, you know, the characters are like woven into this fabric of this of this environment I'm creating. Mm-hmm. That that's exciting to me because I think there will be some big winners um, in that space. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, no, that is that is interesting. I, I've seen a few of them, and I even um, I was even looking at it because you know I I like Method Man, right? But Method they're doing this project. It's like Method Man. It's like a comic. Like um, I, I don't even know exactly. I was trying to listen to him, but it was like a comic world where like you can have superheroes, but they're telling a story through the world i don't don't know if this is kind of what you're uh talking about yeah comic graphic comic type yeah there's uh, nuclear nerds uh vessels on flow uh or on um tezos vessel whatever uh there are a couple that are doing graphic comics that i've um that i've seen or or bought Mm -hmm. um yeah like any any music i think is pretty cool too like i as i said we started the start of the show i would put some music nfts out later this summer um yeah that 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 sort of whatever content like entertainment type of um 
anything under that umbrella is interesting to me because that is actual um that just makes more sense to me than like over oh, sending out another jpeg like in terms of long-term value yeah for sure know? like if you had like um fucking drake's first song is if he did an nft drop where there was a hundred nfts of like I don't even remember this. Whatever the songs he did with Lil Wayne, like back when he first came out, yeah, right. Like those, those would be worth a lot now, right? We, the people, uh, you know, like you. I like the idea in music, right, where you could bet kind of on an artist, mm. um, you know, yeah. like early in their career. Like I remember when I first heard Trap Queen, I didn't know it was gonna be as big as it was, but I was like, this is gonna be a big song, like within the rap community. I didn't know it was gonna go mainstream, but I was like, okay, like this song is, is really good, you know. So like I would want to be able to like, how can I? bet on it basically this song right. you know and like if there were nfts for it you know now you can have you can kind of have that gamified it's kind of what top shot did with nba where you could that's what drew me to the platform was this gamified like right. trading of nba players and i like the idea of for music for sure where um you know uh, like again like a song comes out another one uh quicksand moray heard that they actually didn't blow up as much as i thought it would but I was like, okay, like, I think this song will be big. So like, I would like the idea where I could like, you know, find a diamond in the rough artist, you know, and try and get in early on them is that appeals to me. That's really dope. I, I never even thought of it that way. That's, that's, that's super cool. Yeah. Like you're betting on him. Like, yeah, I think this guy has a future here or, or this song is going to blow up. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so top shots, you said you were holding, still holding a, a few of them. Did you, did you ever get into uh, NFL all day? Do you have any of the yeah, NFL cards? I have, I have a, a goal, a legendary Devonte Adams. Nice. It's like, but it, I was listed for 2,400. No one bought it. And then someone went to 2,100. And so I'm just going to, I'm going to wait till the NFL season now, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I bought it, but like I, my trust in their team um, is like, they build great products, like the blockchain works. It's, I really like it from a retail onboarding standpoint. I actually have a bunch of hoodlums, which is a PFP project on uh, Flow blockchain. But mm. in terms of like Dapper, for me, putting more money into their, I'm not, I'm basically not depositing money. Like if I cash, if I make some sales, I might shuffle some around, but it doesn't, um, their, their goal is not aligned with mine in terms of like the supply of their sets from what I've seen repeatedly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, at least they seem like they've done a better uh, job with the NFL, at least like, you know, because I went yeah. back, you know, because I stopped looking at my top shots a long time ago. And then I go back and I'm looking at some of the comments are like 50,000 supply, 40,000 yeah. supply, at least the comments in the NFL is like, I think 10K, maybe some of them even a little bit less. So. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, yeah, I have I bought I just bought packs like whenever they came up, I would buy the pack. Yeah. And so uh, NFL season's coming up like. I, again, my plan is like, I'm not going to deposit, I don't think, but I'll, you know, sell top shot, you know, maybe roll it back into NFL. I haven't bought much in that marketplace, but you know, yeah, if they do a better job managing supply, uh, it could be good. Uh, NFL is very popular. Like their products are good. Like I, the, the top shot product to me is really good. Yeah. Um, like they, they can build a good website. They build a good blockchain that works, you know, but they really like, is the supply issue is the main uh, problem most people had, but it's really hard. Like they had light complete lightning in a bottle a year ago, yeah, 13 months ago, like what every product dreams of, you know, NBA players are shouting it out. It's like the, the cultural, like this is it. And then they basically 
And then they raised 350 million, which to me is like, okay, you can now play the long-term game. Like you don't need to focus on short-term revenue with this kind of war chest, you know? And then they just like cranked up the, like, we need to maximize our revenue as much as possible and just kept flooding out packs, which made top shot a lot more money, but like, maybe they made 50 million extra on top of the three, like to me, it doesn't like, it's not worth it. And then they drove away all these influential people from their platform. So like, yeah. I don't understand like the business logic there, but again, I've, I haven't done anything either. You know, I I'm, I've flopped basically on my own business endeavors. So, you know, who am I to judge? But that's still how I see it. It's like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yep. Well, let's hope, man. I, I'm just, you know, I'm just betting on, I think it's essentially just a bet on the digital collectible market, right? Because it makes so much more sense than having a physical card, at least in my opinion. Um, I get there's yeah. still a market for a physical card, right? But you got to have to get it graded. Like one of my boys has like over like 250 of like the original Pokemon cards. And the process for us to like go sell this is a fucking pain in the ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you have to like meet up with people. Like, at least with this, it's like, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's seamless transactions. Um, so let's hope with it. With the NFL, I just, you know, like you were talking about before, just spreading out small bets, man. I just scooped up all the rookies last year. Uh, Waddle, Jamar, Jamar Chase. I'm just going for all rookie cards. Yeah. Um, and just hold on to them. That's smart. I mean, those are the ones that blew up in uh, in Top Shot and like in the traditional market. The rookie card is yeah. like what always holds value. So yeah, I, I'll I'll give. I mean, I'll I'll look at it. I'll give it another shot. I like the NFL a lot. I like NFTs a lot. It's like there's no reason I couldn't be an active participant on that platform. It's just my like you know, um, one component is like i would like to be able to make money and so if i don't if i feel that that is like very unlikely the way the platform's set up yeah i'm gonna be less likely to go you know spend money on it yep yep all right let's see here so how um let's see i'm almost pretty much wrapping up here how 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 are you as a dfs player man i, I i've i've struggled for like a while man i did i did decent last year as in i didn't lose i won a little bit <laughs> but yeah. how were how, how are you in a, a dfs player I'm, I'm a losing player. I, um, like I was slight winner to maybe break even through like 2018 or ish, mm -hmm. you know, like, um, then the, uh, what 2019. Yeah. Somewhere in there is I've been losing. I mean, I don't play, I'm not, I've never like taken it like as I'm a pro player. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I, I, but I look for like similar to NFTs, right. I'm looking for like a profitable hobby. That's what I like to do. Right. right? And so, uh, with, with DFS, uh, and the other thing is like for gambling or betting or something, like I need to at least delude myself into thinking I have an edge, like, like something like going to the bar and like playing the yeah. video poker machines here. That doesn't interest me. It's right? not fun. I, right? know, yeah. I, I just, I know I can't beat that machine. So it's like, that doesn't interest me. DFS, even though, you know, history would say like, Hey, you played for seven years, you know, and you're losing. I still think I can, I still think I can beat it. You know, I don't, I don't play a ton, you know, I'll usually do like, you know, uh, you know, I'll throw a $20 lineup in like whatever they're or $15, you know, in the main contest, NFL go a little bigger, you know, maybe fire like a thousand a week into the NFL 500. Um, but for the most part, I might like playing for fun and like, I'm trying to beat it. It's very, um, high variance. And then I'm also not willing to like put a bunch of, and I'm not saying I'd be winning if I were doing that. Uh, but to like put more capital in, like, I like, um, you know, I'm not firing 150 lineups. Uh, very seldom, you know, will I do that mostly just fire, you know, I like, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun, challenging game. Um, but yeah, the last few years I'm definitely down. 
it's a lot of fun. I love, I love the theory, like the game theory in it yeah. is, is super interesting, especially like, uh, cause I mean, I only play uh, the NFL, but yeah, you know, there's so much difference between, um, week to week matchups and then, uh, you know, the ownership, you know, a lot of it's yeah. coming down to, to ownership. Um, that's why I'm definitely excited to talk to, um, uh, Levitan, Adam, Adam yeah, Levitan. Yeah. He's a beast, man. He's, he's so good. Um, but it was fu- it was funny, man. Like I, ha- I had a good sweat like this year, and I was actually I was at the Dolphins game Thursday night. They're playing Baltimore, and uh, you know, Brett, I got a son. I got my son with me to meet him at the game, and uh, Miami's actually like blowing them out. It's not even close. But there's you know one drive left, and I'm in like the top five of like a single entry. Not not a crazy nothing yeah. crazy. I, think I like, like the a- single entries though Those because it's not as yeah because you got to hit the nuts if you're doing multi entries yeah. essentially. So I like playing yeah. the single entries even though it's not as uh, heavy payouts. But y- you know you could you could get something going. Yeah. Um, and so I'm in like the top five. I and mean, it's a showdown. Uh, you know, so just the Thursday. Yeah. And my son's like, "Hey, Dad, everyone's leaving. Like, let's go." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I need Bateman to get two more catches. We're not leaving." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I got like three prop bets on, but no, it's fun. Like this stuff always makes just the viewing experience a little more exciting. Yeah. I like, again, I look at that similar to poker tournament, although I do think um, I have a better edge in poker tournaments than DFS, but like, I look at that as kind of, it's a gambling expense where like, I'm trying to make money and, and, you know, sometimes I'm, I will, but I can't like, I'm not counting on that for income. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, have you been uh, noticing um, with poker? Uh, it seems like poker is getting, I don't want to say like a resurgence, but it does seem like these live yeah. events are doing like very well. Uh, right. Yeah. It's not just me. Right. I think between COVID, you know, people are like looking to play and then like, uh, you know, some of the like younger crowd influencers are getting into poker. Like we had that stream the other night it was Mr. Beast, Ninja, uh, XQC, yeah. some other, the, Alex, uh, the chest, girl. right? She plays chess. Yeah. And then whatever, some other guy, Ludwig, I think, I don't, I don't know half of them, but like, I know Mr. Beast and Ninja and like those, those guys have a lot of, and then Ninja just tweeted out. He wants to play the tag team event. He's looking for a partner at the world series, you know? So I think guys like that, uh, people like that can, can draw attention. I think, I mean, it's a beautiful game. It's, it's really fun. And yeah. so, I saw like Sean Deeb on Twitter just predicted 10,000 for the main event, 10,000 entrants, wow. which would be the biggest main event ever by like quite a bit. So uh, I'm hopeful, you know, we'll see what, we'll see what the turnout's kind of like, but you know, I'm looking forward to this summer. It's, I think it'll be a good world series. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even like to uh, the, the point you were talking about, like with just gamification, like even like within NFTs or DFS sports betting uh, poker's right in that alley. Poker just kind of really took off before those. And so maybe this is like, Yeah. Poker's coming up with the, you know, rising up here too. And then again, the government is always fucking things up. So yeah. it's like, you know, you can't play poker in all but five states now, or you got to play offshore, you know, and it's like, yeah. And they don't merge the player pool. Like I'm in Nevada, right? So it's us, New Jersey, and Delaware, which is Delaware's, no offense, but that's almost totally irrelevant. There's just not very people there. <laughs> yes, nobody there. Jersey's <laughs> nice, but PA has poker too but they're walled off like the Pennsylvania players oh, are they play, you know? So it's like, I will, why don't you add, it's better for everybody. You know, if you have that, that's just like more liquidity, right? Like it's Pennsylvania will still get their big cut because they're bringing all these players. So uh, that's what I would, I mean, I would love that a 50 state 
uh, you know, I don't care. You can cut the rest of the road out. That's fine. But like, a, a just US, keep it in America. Yeah, I, I think it'd be great. It. I think it'd be it would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like you know how how is how is it? Um, you know, I remember when I went a few years ago. I didn't check last time I was in Vegas this year, but um, because I checked out the WSOP.com, I wanted to see how, uh, you know, the games were running. Do do they run pretty frequently, or what's what's the volume like? Yeah. So like yeah. It depends what you play. For me, I mostly just play tournaments on there. Mm-hmm. But like um, last Sunday, so like eight, 10 days ago, they ran like a World Series circuit online event or a whole series. Okay. And so uh, like a normal day would be like a $300, 75K guaranteed type of tournament, which is like pretty good for that, uh, for online. And then like the, the main event, I think was $500, 250K guarantee you know, and it's basically just Nevada and New Jersey and Delaware. So those are pretty good uh, prize pools considering like hardly anyone can play um, cash games typically up to like for PLO and no limit, no limit. I think like the two, five goes a lot PLO, yeah. you know, up to five, 10, probably both games up to like around five, 10 are going um, like one, two always is going. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you'll occasionally see some bigger stuff, but yeah, I don't, I don't pay a whole lot of cash on there. Mostly yeah. just uh, spin the wheel on tournaments. every yeah, now and yeah. then. Well, I imagine even like the five ten games are probably fairly, you probably got some good players in there. I'd imagine. Yeah. I, no. I've, I've never even really tested it much, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's, there's definitely some good players, but there's also like random, like some of these tournaments, you I'll play $500 buy-in. It was just like, wow. Like I forgot. I didn't know people were like still this bad, <laughs> Yeah, they, you know? Yeah. So yeah. yeah um you'll definitely i mean especially like uh once new jersey got on like you know sometimes you just have like there's a ton of people with money there that are just they want to feel like playing some poker and they're not necessarily going to study or or do much to give themselves a chance so uh, to me the more states the merrier but they're kind of it's not a you know most of the the lobbying effort is on sports betting and online casino and so poker is kind of left out even though like to me that's by far the most skillful of any of that you know, like online roulette is a joke. How is that legal? Fucking joke. Well, it's probably the money, right, Brett? Like, yeah, I mean, it is. The mo- I know why, but it's like, yeah. like what happened to like ethical politicians that like their goal was to like improve the lives of the American people because that seems to have been out the window for quite some time. It, it, it sure does. It sure does, man. But yeah, no, it's 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 cool, man. Yeah, no, because having online, right? It's like. um it's way easier for people just to get on and fire up a tournament instead of going to the casino. Right. It's like, Oh, okay. I could just stay in my home, you know, better for everybody. But, um, all right, we'll wrap it up here. Brett, uh, what, what group is more insufferable, the poker community or the NFT community? Oh man, I'll go NFT community now just cause they're, they're like on a higher level. Poker community has been beaten down. You know, they're more like, um, (laughs) you know, we get, we're withered. We're just going to like, we already, yeah, they've taken their lumps. NFT, a lot of them are still riding high. Some of them are going to be in for a rude awakening. You know, it's like, uh, you know, same, same, like when you're, uh, I guess when you're hot, like when you're on a winning streak, you always feel like a genius. But yeah. uh, as in poker, it's not how you win, it's how you lose, I think is like a much better definition. Everyone looks like a genius when they're winning, right? But like, how, how do you lose? Like, are you managing your losses? Like, are you behaving yourself are you throwing a tantrum or like you you know that that i think for whether any trading endeavor right that's the true measure of like the trader is how they lose how you handle losing anyone can win anyone can win very well said
very well said. Uh, Brett, have you, uh, you throughout the years, have you ever been involved in any um, crazy like prop bets? Um, you, you know, these, you know, I know a lot of people in the poker community have engaged in a lot of these, uh, whether fitness or weight loss or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Have you been in any of these? Not, not really. Um, yeah, I haven't uh, done, done a whole lot there, you know. I, I'm pretty lame in that regard. I'm good friends with Huxied though, who's the king of, oh, of, okay. those, of those prop bets. But um, yeah, I haven't okay. done a whole lot of them. All right, all right. I was just, I was just curious. Um, how, how would you say? Well, um, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure poker has kind of colored the way you look at life or maybe approach certain situations. Is there anything that kind of like really stands out to you? I mean, to me, I think it's it's a beautiful game for like, you know, you have to make a quick decision when faced with imperfect information. It applies to like it applies to the stock market. It applies to NFTs. It applies to, to like, you know, life in general. It, and, um, you know, basically just uh, process information, make a decision based on it. Right. You, you don't have time to research through the, to make sure you have the perfect uh Again, that's why it's imperfect information and, uh, you know, then let the ball roll and then trust your process, whether it works out or it doesn't, you know, you can kind of recalibrate, but keep looking to the future, you know, don't get bogged back. Oh, well, that's, you know, if I didn't, if they didn't call with Jax, then I would have had, you know, it doesn't matter that hands over. Right. So keep it moving. Yep. Keep it moving. Uh, I, I was curious if you've heard this song, man, I, I haven't heard anyone talk about it, like in the poker world. Um, there's a song, I don't know if you, if you're a fan of Ghostface Killer, um, he's, uh, he has a song on one of his albums, it's called Poker Face, and I, to me, I always thought it was, it was one of the best, I'm, I'm, I wanted you to listen to it, like, you know, later on, message me what you think about it. Yeah, I'll check it out, I don't think I know that one. They used to play, it, so I had to look it up, I'm like, damn, like, he must, I guess he used to play, like, 510 at the Borgata, I don't know, he, he, I know you've probably been in and around there, uh. I never, I never, I I've been to the Borgata, uh, I don't know, probably a hundred times maybe, but it didn't seem like that much because it's over a lot of years. You know, I yeah, usually go yeah. like once a month. Uh, but it's funny. It's like him and like yeah. one of his guys, uh, Sean, uh, Sean Wiggs. He's like in like his like little group. I mean, this had to have been probably, yeah, 05, 06. 06 yeah. Yeah, 06. I never yeah. heard that. That's, that's crazy. I was playing a lot back then. I'm surprised I didn't hear well, it. Well, listen to the song. Tell me what you think. I, I think it's a, it's a funny song. Uh, in, um kind of they reference like some of like the, the like the rounders is kind of like the opening like cut you know into the song yeah. um but um all right before before you go I, I gotta ask you um your top five dead or alive uh Lil Wayne Young Thug um Jay-Z uh I'm gonna go Drake mm-hmm. and Birdman and Birdman. Birdman in a Benz with the duffel stuff. <laughs> Even at old school, baby. Birdman, I love it, man. I love Birdman's still hot. He's got a song still hot. He just came out a couple years ago. He's he's fire, man. And by the way, you put him up against any guys from his era, right? His age, other than Jay-Z. You know, I think he beats their the whole catalog of Rock Him or somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're the same mm-hmm. age. To me, Birdman's way better. Birdman, uh, you know, I, man, I remember him in Manny Fresh, man. Oh, back yeah, in the big day. timers, yeah, the big timers, man. Oh yeah. shit, oh, I remember that shit. Oh, bringing it back, man. Brett, man, I really appreciate you, man. 
So that's yeah. guys, that's going to conclude today's episode of Confessions of a Market Maker. If you guys enjoyed the show, please rate and review it for us. If you'd like to join a professional, supportive community of traders, you can join us at microefutures.com. Uh, Brett, tell the listeners where they can find you um, and anything else you want them to know. Yeah, Brett Ritchie on Twitter. It's about about all you need to know. Uh, thanks for having me on, Ray. Thanks for, thanks for coming on, man. Had a lot of fun. JJ, any parting words? Thanks for being with us. Really appreciate it. Drop some thanks. nice knowledge. Thank you. Thanks, JJ. Yes, yes, Brett. Good luck. Uh, good luck in the, the World Series, man. Thank you. All right. All right, guys. So for Brett Ritchie, I'm Paulie Walnuts. He's the gorilla house street. You stop. So.